0: What's up? It's Casey just here on this Tuesday. Hope everybody's enjoying their day as much as I am here in our radio studio. We've got a busy edition of play-by-play Play coming your way. On this Tuesday, we've got so much to talk about. We're going to talk a little baseball, a little baseball. Not as much as normal, but heck, there weren't any results or anything yesterday. We're just kind of waiting on the weekend, so we'll talk a little baseball this segment. And then get you some news from around the high school ranks or some other sports that are going on. We'll talk some softball as well in this opening segment. Then we'll go to Mike Barba. One half of the series that you could hear right here on KLEB this weekend with South LaFouche and South Terrebonne. Coach Barba is the coach of the Gators. He'll be on at 1145. Got some NBA playoffs talk at noon. A couple of second-round series got underway yesterday. Tell you what I was seeing there. Then at 12.45, it's Tuesday. It's our TGMC Tuesday with Stan Gravall. We'll talk about the baseball playoffs, the NFL draft, and so much more. So many things that we could discuss with Stan. Then at 12.35, I'll take some time to talk about the NFL draft, something I didn't really do much yesterday because we were so loaded down with baseball. Then we'll get to your betting picks at the bottom of the show. As always, we're sponsored by Ashley Barrios, State Forum agent in Cutoff, Southland Dodge, and Homa. Industrial power systems, industrial power systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. Do friend, building materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. The Blue Boot Rodeo, fourth annual Blue Boot Rodeo supporting the Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. The foundation's mission is to educate everyone on water safety and drowning prevention in and around all bodies of water, July 7th, 8th, and 9th on beautiful Grand Isle. Rouse's Markets. Get Rouse's Louisiana crawfish hot from the pot 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. seven days a week at Rouse's Markets. Tastes like home. Buzz off. The only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. And Golden Motors where price is priority. Proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. And then how about 3T Oil Change? Home of the drive through oil change. Shout out to all of our folks at 3T. They listen to the show every day. Hope you all are having a wonderful day. And, uh, you know, thanks so much for y'all's support of South Lafourche Athletics and everything we're doing here on Play by Play. So, reminder, we've got high school varsity baseball playoffs sponsored in part by Lafourche Parish President Archie Chasson, Orm Bar and Grill, State Bank and Trust Company, Rev, Lady of the Sea General Hospital, Joe Septic Contractors, Lady, uh, not Lady of the Sea, excuse me, uh, LaFouche Parish Sheriff Craig Weber, down the Bayou General Contractors, State Senator Mike Fasey and Advanced Eye Institute. Um, Friday, South LaFouche taking on South Terrebonne, 6 o'clock. The Tarpons are taking on the Gators game one. Game two would be Saturday at noon. Game three, if necessary, would be at 3 o'clock on Saturday. That is one of several series this weekend where local teams are going to be locking horns with other teams for a spot to go to Sulphur. Tarpons are taking on South Terrebonne in the 4A playoffs. Also in the 4A playoffs, Assumption is hosting Lakeshore. Game 1, Friday at 4. Game 2, Saturday at noon. Game 3, Saturday at 3. So That's the series times there for that series. Let me give you a rundown of some of the other series of local interest. Vanderbilt Catholic is playing a best of three with St. Michael. Their game times are very similar to the Tarpons. Game 1, Friday at 6. Game 2, Saturday at 11 a.m. Game three Saturday at two p.m. So we wish the best of luck to Vanderbilt in their endeavors trying to punch a ticket into the semifinals in Division Two. Division Four CCA is at home, isn't it amazing? We've got four series with local teams, and the local team is hosting every single one of them, with the exception of South Terrebonne, who's traveling, but they're also playing a local team. So all four series are in our area this weekend. CCA they play a Thursday. Saturday series with Central Catholic. A doubleheader on Thursday at 5 and at 7. And Saturday, if necessary, at 6.30. Those games will all be at Southland Field out in Homa. So that's going to kind of put a pin on our high school baseball stuff. We got so much time before the weekend where we could break down these series one by one. We kind of recapped everything nicely yesterday. I want to tell you about some other stuff going on in our area we crowned a bunch of state champions in softball this past weekend, and I want to give you a rundown of how that shook out. In 5A, we had Santa Mont, the number two seed. They defeated West Monroe, the number four seed, ten to nothing. Santa Mott run rules their way to the championship in 5A softball. That's great work from Santa Mont. In 4A, your champion is number one, North Desoto. They defeat number uh, ten, Franklin Parish, eleven to one in the state championship game. That's 4A softball state championship. In three A, Buckeye, the number seven seed, gets a Cinderella victory over number one Iowa. So Buckeye is your state champion in three A girls softball. In two A, Man beats Port Barry three to nothing. So the number one seed Man punches that ticket and wins the state championship. In one A, Montgomery was the one seed and they win it all. They beat LaSalle eight to three in the state championship. All of these games were played at sulfur, by the way. Class B, Holden Beats Annacoco 10 to 4. Holden wins the state championship in softball. Congratulations to them. That's Class B. Class C, Calvin, the number 1 seed, beats Harrisburg 11 to 1. So Calvin wins the state championship in Class C Louisiana softball. Division 1, the John Curtis Lady Patriots win another one. They win, I believe it's their third straight state championship. They beat St. Joseph's Academy 4 to 1. The Lady Patriots get a big victory. And defend their state championship and earn another ring. So, congratulations to John Curtis for that. Division two, Hannon gets a bit of an upset win. They beat Haynes Academy three to nothing in the championship. That was a matchup of number two versus number one. So, congratulations to Hannon for winning it all. Division three, Notre Dame. Notre Dame gets the six to four victory over St. Charles. Notre Dame was the number one seed in the bracket. They defeat St. Charles Catholic and win it all. A couple more in Division Four. We've got Calvary Baptist, the number two seed. They beat number one, Opelousas Catholic, eight to four. Calvary Baptist wins the championship in Division Four. And then Division Five, Claiborne Christian rolls past Northside Christian 15 to one. So Claiborne Christian wins it all. Congratulations to all of our contingent of Louisiana State softball programs for their state championships. Congratulations to all of our Louisiana softball programs for having a, a, a successful season and a more normal season after COVID and Ida and all the things we've had to deal with. Softball went off mostly without a hitch. want to also give a shout out to Kiana Gabriel, young Central LaFouche jumper, long and triple jumper. She's likely to win some state championships this weekend out at LSU at the LHSA state track meet. Kiona is going to TCU. She made that announcement. Last Thursday, I know this about Kiona Gabriel. She is very athletic and very gifted, certainly. Obviously, you don't earn the opportunity to go to TCU. She's very well spoken, very thoughtful. Her answers about, you know, thanking her parents and thanking all of the people who have helped her along the way at her signing conference was very refreshing to see. And I know this TCU is getting a very good athlete. They're getting a very good person, and whenever you have both of those things, you're capable of doing great things at a very high level for a very long time. So congratulations to Kiona. She's going off to TCU, and we wish her and the Lady Trojans and all of our local contingent the absolute best of luck at the state track meet. There are a couple of student athletes sprinkled in amongst all of our schools locally who are competing for the state championships in all their various events. We wish you all the absolute best of luck. For Gabriel, she's going to be trying to win the state championship in the long jump, the triple jump, the 100-meter dash, and the 4 by 100 So it's going to be a busy meet for her. But she's favored to win at least a couple of them, and we wish her the absolute best of luck. Another piece of news here is we're just kind of breaking down the high school headlines. News broke yesterday that Coach Matt Plitt, remember Coach Matt Plitt? We've had him on the show several times as the baseball coach at Central Lafouche. He's no longer the baseball coach at Central LaFouche, and it's by his own doing. He is now going to be the head baseball coach at E.D. White as he's going to make that leap. Remember, E.D. White made the coaching change in the middle of the season, and which left the vacancy. Now Coach Plitt will be taking over that role after coaching two seasons with the Trojans. Coach Plitt was very torn, according to what he was telling me yesterday. Very difficult decision, not easy to make the move and leave the school that you had become familiar with. But he's now taking over an EDY program that is known for having a lot of success, is known for, you know, being in contention for championships annually. And now they've got a young guy, a guy who's going to look to, you know, have some longevity there. Coach Plitt said, and I quote, it is very tough to leave Central Lafouche. Those guys knew that every day I was giving 110% and they gave me 110% back. It's hard to build a program and get a whole team to buy into the process, but they did, and I couldn't be more proud of them for that. They have the right pieces in place to be successful, and I believe they will be. And then when asked about, um, you know, his decision to move on over to E.D. White, he said, and I quote, I am grateful for the opportunity to take over a program with a deep culture and tradition. I'm looking forward to building on that with my knowledge of the game and life lessons I've learned along the way. I'm also looking forward to the challenges of a new district and division. So E.D. White gets their guy. E.D. White had two vacancies, girls basketball and baseball. They get young, energetic, passionate guys who were familiar with the area to fill both of those positions. Good job by Coach Kyle saying the AD there, and his crew. They got two good ones. Coach Sanak's going to do a good job with girls basketball, and I really, really like Coach Plitt. I like his energy. I like his vibe. I like his style. And now, you know, every vacancy creates another vacancy, or every vacancy that's filled creates another vacancy. Um, so we'll see what Central LaFouche is going to do as they're going to have to hire a new baseball coach to replace Coach Plitt. It's play-by-play here. We're one segment down. We've got about 75 minutes to go. When we get back, we're going to talk to one half of the coaching puzzle for the big weekend series between South LaFouche and South Terrebonne. We're going to have Coach Mike Barba of the Gators on the line in the next segment of the show. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this quick timeout.
2: guaranteed
3: hello friends and family taylor griffin here back again to talk about do friend building materials first we just want to say thank you thank you for trusting us to help serve you in these trying times of post storm recovery and thank you for your patience during our expansions we now have eight convenient locations to serve you which include cutoff thibodeau luling bell chase araby slide gulfport and grand isle and no matter how big we grow as a company we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile so come give the local guys a try and experience the do friend difference
4: You may think every weather app is the same until you see WeatherBug over-deliver on so many layers. With more free map layers than any other weather app, WeatherBug warns you the moment lightning strikes near you, prepares you for your commute with road conditions, routes, and even cameras. With everything from pollen and air quality to severe storm risks, radar and satellite coverage, WeatherBug prepares you for the unpredictable. Download the WeatherBug app, trusted by over 10 million users, today for free.
0: We cannot wait for the weekend here on KLEB. Join us for high school varsity baseball coverage, sponsored in part by State Representative Joseph on District 54, Good Earth Cattle Company, Thibodeau Regional Health Systems, Matt Adams Land and Property Management, Golden Motors, State Forum Agent Ashley Barrios, Dufresne Building Materials, Rouse's Markets, 3T Oil Change, District Attorney Christine Russell, and Buzz Off, South Lafouche. Taking on South Terrebonne, six o'clock game one on Friday in Galliano. Game two will be at noon on Saturday. Game three, if necessary, will be at three o'clock, or roughly thirty minutes after game two comes to rest. We have the Gators baseball coach, Coach Mike Barba, on the line. Coach, good morning, my friend. How are you?
5: Hey, uh, I'm doing all right. You know, just trying to uh, get everything ready for the weekend, as you just mentioned. Yeah, man.
0: Look, you we, we sat on Friday's show and look we had you on last week as well and, and I just had a feeling, you know, I was like, you know, you guys have that history of going on the road and playing well and you guys were so close but just hadn't been able to break through and you go to Neville and you play super well, you take game one, eight to one, then game two was a very close game, but you guys made more plays and got some big outs whenever you needed it. You guys played great and now you're moving to the quarterfinals. Talk about the past weekend on the road out in Monroe.
5: Yeah, uh, you know, we, we had a, a really good trip. You know, obviously with the the two games being victorious, but just the just the way that the guys approach the game um, and were super focused. And it's just they turn into I don't know what happens. And if I can ever bottle it up and write a book on it, I could retire. But uh, they turn into a totally different team in the postseason. Um, just the mindset. You know, it's kind of a even though it's a three game series, it's still a win or go home everyday type of thing um, so you know you just kind of get out of their way and uh, you don't overcoach and uh, man they, those guys went out there and they just took the games you know they we went we just outplayed Neville um, they're a great team they're well coached they had some really good arms and uh, you know we just went and beat them and it just was it felt good to watch the guys go out and play
0: like that. What did you tell them after you got that accomplished? Because on one hand, you're obviously super excited to get the wins, but on the other, you guys still have a whole lot more left on the table. So what did you tell the team after the ball games?
5: Yeah, look, uh, so, you know, you go up there and you beat the the two seed and and everything else and whatever the power rankings rank them as. But, listen, it is not um, by any means uh, kind of like a, going into these next couple games with Salafouche, like, Oh man, we beat the two C we could beat anybody type of thing, which is true, but still like <laughs> this is playoff time and you can throw records out of the window. Um, you can throw, you know, what kind of team you're supposed to be out the window and all this other stuff. And you got to go out and compete. So just because we went up there and did what we did doesn't mean we can back off the pedal, the gas pedal at all. And, uh, you know, yesterday we had a really good practice, and we're gonna keep the the foot on the pedal. And, and you know, unfortunately, we this weekend one of us has got to knock one of us out, and it's just like the more I think about it, it's like it sucks. You know. Yeah. Um But uh, you know, I don't even want to. I don't even want to really like say too much about it because it's just like it's, it's gonna suck when one of us has to be eliminated this weekend. You know, and. um uh, you know, it, whoever whoever is lucky enough to pull it off this weekend um, is going to go and represent well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that 100%, man. Look, before I ask you too much about the matchup specifically, one of the things we're looking forward to most here is, look, they, they've they been drawing four or 500 people at the park whenever they're playing teams that are not traveling well. You guys are going to travel well. So you do the math there. You guys bring two, 300 people yourselves. It's going to be rowdy. It's going to be full. It's going to be packed. It's going to feel like a college baseball game on a high school field. The atmosphere this weekend is going to be unbelievable.
5: Absolutely. But, look, this is why you play. Uh, you know, this is exactly why you play and, and you try to show up under the brightest lights and then the biggest games. And uh, this is exactly why you coach and this is exactly why you sign up to play. And, uh, you know, look – Just from experience, the anticipation of this game right here and and the crowds that is expected to be there, whichever team makes it to Sulphur is not going to be shell-shocked at the crowds over there because of this game right here. Whoever is lucky enough to punch their ticket is going to be ready uh, for the atmosphere in Sulphur.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Very well said. Look, man, you guys played the Tarpons twice this year. Had a hard time getting them out, bro. But you guys have been pitching better since then. What are some of the things that have to be different this go-around compared to the last go-around where they really scored a bunch of runs on you?
5: Yeah, look, Foosh is a a great hitting team. Um, You know, one through nine, they are tough outs. Uh, I got to do my homework, you know. I got to try to figure out what those guys – you know, if there is a weakness, what, what possibly could it be? And, uh, you know, it's going to be tough. And, look, they play hard. Man, those, those guys down there, they play extremely hard. And uh, But we are a totally different team than in district. You know, this, is, this group is locked and loaded and they're ready to go. And, um, man, like I said, it's, it's going to suck when that final out is made and one of us has got to go home. It's, it's going to be bittersweet.
0: I, I agree. I, I agree. And, and, and I go so far as to say I truly believe in my heart of hearts that if the bracket were different, all three of you all would be going to suffer. Because I think that you guys, Assumption, and, and, and South LaFouche are, are three of the top four in the state. I truly believe that.
5: Yeah, I would agree with that statement too. Assumption pitches it extremely well. Um, South LaFouche swings it and they compete on the mound. Uh, and we're starting to find our stride as well, so I would I would agree with that statement as well.
0: Very good, look, man. Offensively, you guys uh, have been swinging it better, have gotten more consistent at bats, and earlier in the season, you know, we were talking before you played South Lafouche the first go around, and you and I were chatting behind home plate, waiting for the Ellender game to finish, and you said, "Man, we just got to stop giving away at bats." And it looks like in recent weeks, you guys have started to 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 you know they've started to heed the old coach's advice, huh? <laughs>
5: Uh, yeah, I guess a little bit. Um, it's been a lot easier to practice, um, you know, kind of heading into the postseason. We found a little routine that has, uh, you know, built some consistency. Uh, so that has really helped uh, those guys prepare for game situations. And and like I said, man, it's when you get into this type of the year or time of the year, it is win or go home, uh, even though it's a three-game series. That's the mindset you got to play with. So every pitch matters.
0: So, talk me through this because all the stats and you know everything show that the team that wins game one is not a lock to win the series, but they're they've got a, a huge advantage. Obviously, how does you know if it's a three to two game and you guys are up late and your starters running out of steam? How do you approach that? Do you are how willing are you to go into the basket of game two's eggs and take a few out? Knowing that, hey, it would give you such a leg up if you were able to secure game one. How do you manage that?
5: Uh, it's it's a, you got to have a feel for the game. Um, you know, if if it's a you know eleven to twelve ball game, or you know twelve to twelve versus a um, two to one ball game, that changes your strategy a lot. Um, then you try to dig into what kind of arm is getting them out, what kind of arm is not getting them out. Um, you know, it's it's a game feel. It's really hard to say. But yeah, you you wanna go after uh you wanna go after game one with pretty much everything you have, but you, you do also have to realize that um, you know, Saturday can be a long day and a lot can be, you know, taken care of then, especially if the other team is burning arms. That's another thing you gotta keep in mind too, is um, you know, is the other team rolling through arms just like you or are they cruising with one guy
0: or two guys or, uh, you know, it, a lot goes into it. It's kind of a game feel. Yeah. It's, it's incredible, Coach. We were just talking about how we think that, that all three of the local teams in 4A are amongst the best. You still got Vanderbilt playing. You still got CCA playing. And then you just go slightly into the periphery. You've got Berwick still playing. You've got Lutcher still playing. And, you know, there's maybe some others that I'm missing here. Boy, there's such fertile, fertile ground here in Southeast Louisiana, and the Bayou River region, and even out towards St. Mary and the Chaffalaya region. Boy, it's—I've never seen it like this. It's unbelievable.
5: I know. Uh, yeah, over the last couple of years, this, the area's been growing and growing and growing when it comes to when it comes to baseball. And you know, your your New Orleans and your Baton Rouge and your Lafayette and your northern teams get a lot of you know coverage and a lot of credit and. Uh, You know, we kind of just play in the shadows and then uh, when we have our chance, you know, try to punch one of them in the mouth (laughs) for lack of better terms, um, you know, and it's happened, man. Anybody down here can beat anybody and, uh, you know, you do a great job, you know, kind of bringing that to light and and really showcasing some of the talent that they have down here and you you need a lot of credit for that.
0: Thank you, buddy. I really appreciate that, man. It's truly a labor of love, man. Um, look, you guys are not going to be at home this weekend, uh, and frankly, you guys haven't been at home all season. You've been playing out at Terrebonne. It's kind of your home away from home. So is it kind of a relief like that you guys aren't going to be on the bus traveling uh, you know, a zillion miles away, knowing that, hey, this is as close to home as it, I guess, could get, you know, making the 25-minute uh, trip down to Galliano?
5: Yeah, uh, you know we may not even know how to act, honestly. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the the past few years, you know, last year we went to Shreveport for the quarters, and then a week ago we went to Monroe. So we kind of joked on the way home from Monroe that we'd hop in a bus and just ride around for five hours and then go to and <laughs> play and see. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's going to be a great atmosphere. It's going to be fun, uh, and uh, you know, it's. I I just every time I think about it you know, that one of us is going to have to watch the other one. Uh, you know, we got to kind of eliminate each other, and that just sucks. Because, it's it's, like you just mentioned, there's so much talent down here, and we're not going to be able to really, like, showcase it in the tournament um, because we have to knock each other out, you know. So, um, But, like I, like I mentioned earlier, whoever does make it is going to represent well because this, this series right here is going to set that team up for success.
0: Yep, I agree. Well, look, man – if the Tarpons win, obviously we'll be going on to Sulphur. But we did make the decision yesterday that if you guys win, we're going to be following you all into Sulphur as well. So either way, we're going to be broadcasting some uh, some 4A baseball uh, out in, in in West Louisiana, man. So we're, we're very happy about that.
5: Nice. I appreciate it. We you know we we, uh, we don't take your support and your coverage for granted, i tell you that.
0: Very good. Well, look, thanks so much for the time. We look forward to seeing you this weekend, pal. All right.
5: Thank you. It's going to be fun.
0: Yep. That is Coach Barba with South Terrebonne doing an excellent job. He, You could hear it. You could just hear it, right? He's so fired up. And what he said is right. It's 100% right. It sucks that one of these two teams has to go home. It sucks that at the end of the weekend, there's either going to be the Gators who are going to be disappointed or the Tarpons who are going to be disappointed. That's not fun. That's not fun. But on the flip side to that, one of us is going to solve for two. Either the Tarpons. Either the Gators, one of the local teams is going to Sulphur. And as we said last week, or not last week, last show rather, yesterday, we're going to be following them, whoever it is. So we wish best of luck to both teams. They're both very well coached. They both got terrific players. And I think one of the keys to this series is going to be timely hit, like it's cliche, you could say this about any baseball game, timely hitting, hits with runners in scoring position. The Tarpons got a lot of two-out runs and did a lot of two-out damage in that regular season series. Can they continue to do that? That'll be big. And then on the flip side to that, can the Gators put the ball in play a little bit better this go-around? Josh Pierce struck them out eight times. The 12-2 game, the Gators struck out ten times in the game. That isn't going to get it done in the 8-1 game. They struck out six times, so you do the math, that's uh, 17 times in 14 innings. That's not going to get it done. Can they put the ball in play a little bit better? Those would be some keys to the series, and we look so much forward to bringing you all the action this weekend. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to talk some NBA playoffs. There were some games that started, or some series that started yesterday. Um, Got a pretty good read of where things are heading in the NBA based on those results last night. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this.
2: It's the Memorial Day sales event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a RAM, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams, long-lasting new pickups, or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep. Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply eighteen, ten, three, three-and-two stall restroom air-conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at viscom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, and Reserve.
7: When you order Herbside Pickup on the new Rouse's Shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store
0: Welcome back to Play by Play here on this Tuesday. We thank everybody for listening. Let's thank all of our sponsors for allowing us to be here. Ashley Barrios, State Farm agent in Cutoff. The Blue Boot Rodeo. Southland Dodge and Homa, Industrial power systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. Do-friend building materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Rouse's markets get Rouse's. Louisiana crawfish hot from the pot, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m., Seven days a week at Rouse's Markets tastes Like Home. Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Golden Motors, where Price is Priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. And 3T Oil Change, home of the drive through oil change. I actually got to go and see them later this week. All this high school baseball playoffs and Different things that we've been doing. We've been traveling and we're due almost for another oil change. So we'll go visit our good friends, Blake and Christy and Trey and all the wonderful folks out there and get another oil change. So yesterday we had two NBA playoff games, both involving the one seeds in their respective conferences. The NBA's Eastern Conference one seed, the Miami Heat, gets a 106-92 win. Over the Philadelphia 76ers and then the Western Conference 1 seed, the Phoenix Suns defeat the Dallas Mavericks 121-114. to So let's talk. Let's start with my 76ers, right? You guys who listen every day know I'm a big James Harden fan. So the 76ers are my team of choice just because of those allegiances. Um, The 76ers are playing without Joel Embiid for at least the first two games of the series. There are rumors and whispers he will be back for game three not a second soon enough. Um Philadelphia without Embiid really struggled. And I understand that everyone's instinct and inclination is going to be to blame James Harden because he wasn't terrific 16 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. He wasn't unbelievable last night like many hoped that he would be. But just like watch the game and you'll see why he, he's not been unbelievable. The Heat are trapping, they're doubling, they are um, jumping the pick and rolls, trapping off of the pick and rolls, guarding him full court, man-to-man. They are doing everything in their power to get the ball out of Harden's hands. And while the 76ers do have a couple of other guys who are capable of making you pay in those situations, Tyrese Maxey had 19 last night, Tobias Harris had 27 last night. By and large, they don't have the depth outside of those two guys to really make it burn. No other player for Philadelphia scored in double figures last night, and it's going to be a struggle for them to find enough offense in this series as long as Embiid is put away. Philadelphia did a good enough job guarding Miami last night. They held Miami to 106 points and. Frankly, you know, outside of a really strong first six or seven minutes where Miami just kind of made everything, their offense was kind of stuck in the mud. They didn't play great offense last night, Um, but it didn't matter. When you play as well defensively as they play, you don't need to play great offense. So Miami gets the game one win. So now where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Philadelphia is going to have to find ways to create offense for, for one, or they're going to have to find ways to play an ugly drag it out 1990 style 90 to 88 type game if they want to win game 2 and look they may be able to do that but that's going to be rough especially in Miami they that's going to be very a very difficult very tall task to do on the road now uh on converse to that for Miami if they continue to defend like this, they've got a shot to win it all, man. Like, there's no one in the NBA right now, including Boston. Boston gets so much acclaim for their defense. There's no one in the NBA that guards the way that Miami guards. Between uh, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, P.J. Tucker, uh, Oladipo, when he's in there, he's he looks healthy. When they get Kyle Lowry back, like, they've got dudes all over their roster. All over their roster that are excellent at being versatile, guarding the switch, defenders. So Miami, they've been slept on all year. They're the one seed. I don't know why we don't pay attention to them, but we don't. They're the one seed, and they've got as good a shot as anyone to win the entire NBA championship if they continue to guard this way. For Philadelphia, they're going to have to get Embiid back if they want to have a shot. They're not going to win four games in this series if he doesn't come back. But if he does come back, it extends your lineup. It makes you a little bit more deep. And and without Embiid, the 76ers have to find offense when Harden's not in the game. The beginning of the fourth quarter last night was a train wreck. Philadelphia was still somewhat in the game. The beginning of the fourth quarter was a train wreck, and Miami ballooned it out. Because Harden just isn't allowed to take any rest so long as Embiid is out of the game. As soon as he sits, everything goes, you know, Everything, the whole house of cards collapses. So that'll be the big challenge in game two is how can Doc Rivers manage his rotations, manage his lineups so that Philadelphia is better equipped to withstand whatever Miami's coming with whenever Harden's not in the game? Or is it just a situation where Harden's going to just have to gut it out and just play 45 minutes and and not ever leave the game? That could maybe be the answer as well. The other series, you had Phoenix getting a 121-114 to 114 victory over Dallas. The Suns go up 1-0 in that series. Dallas is going to really be kicking themselves because they got a Herculean all-world performance from Luka Doncic last night. He scored 45 points, had 12 rebounds with 8 assists, made 4 three-pointers, 15-30 from the field. They just didn't get a whole lot from anyone else, and they didn't guard at all. So Phoenix, as a result, took advantage. Phoenix was 50% from the field, made 11 threes, and how about this stat? The Suns were not, uh, were, didn't miss at all. They were perfect, 18 of 18 from the free throw line. Um, the Suns are going to be tough, man. They, they just play such beautiful offense. When that ball is moving for Phoenix, they're going to be so tough. Last night, they had 27 assists on nine turnovers, and those of those 27 assists, only three of them were by Chris Paul. The Suns were, were kind of, I mean, Dallas was doing a good job limiting Paul's passing lanes, but they've just got so many weapons. Last night, Booker goes for 23 and looked healthier. Paul had 19 points. He looked great. DeAndre Ayton had 25 points, eight rebounds. McHale Bridge is 13. Jake Crowder, 11. Cam Johnson off the bench, uh, 17. So Phoenix just has so many different ways that they could hurt you, so many different weapons, and it's going to be a big challenge for anybody to beat these guys four times. Um, I truly think. And people are going to yell at me and scream at me and talk about the Bucs and talk about the Celtics and talk about the Warriors. I think that this bracket is seeded right. I think the two best teams are the two one seeds. I think Phoenix is going to go to the finals. And I think that on the opposite side of it, I think Miami right now is playing the best and has the best shot to go to the finals. And if that's the way that it goes, oh, that's going to be a fun series, right? Because you'd have a Phoenix offense that is all about timing and playing with rhythm and playing with pace facing a Miami defense. That's all about disrupting timing, disrupting rhythm, and disrupting pace. And those would be some really fun, really entertaining, really chippy, and really physical games if those were the matchups. Tonight you got Milwaukee and Boston. Game two, the Bucks won game one decisively. Uh, Boston, though, even at home, or being at home, is a five-point favorite. They're still favored to win despite getting clobbered in game one, 101-89. to It's a must win for Boston. I mean, If you lose today and you lose the first two games at home, you're done. I mean, you're not going to go to Milwaukee for two. And, like, you don't win today, you're done. Um, So it's a must win for Boston. I think they will play with more spirit and with more vibe. I just don't know that the Celtics have the weaponry to slow down Giannis. I mean, you throw Tatum at him, he's going to bully him. He's stronger than Tatum. You throw, you know, some of your other wings at him, he's got different advantages that he could take advantage of all those guys. You throw Horford at him, he's faster. He'll go around Horford. You sag off of him, he makes the mid-range shot. You put Grant Williams on him, he bullies him, gets into the paint. Like, he's got an advantage for every single situation there. So, I think it's going to be tough for them to slow down Giannis, but they're going to have to. And the Bucks. remember I told you when Middleton went down, um... A lot of people were panicked, and they were. And there were a lot of folks even concerned that they wouldn't even win the Chicago series, which I I, I said was ridiculous. The Bulls were never, never a threat to win there. When Middleton went down, a lot of folks were worried about Milwaukee. And I kind of told you, hey, while their offense may get a little bit worse, their defense should get drastically better. And that's exactly what happened. 81 points allowed against the Bulls, 95 points allowed, 100 points allowed, 89 points allowed. They've been excellent on defense since Middleton went down. Their offense really hasn't slowed very much because you got, you know, Grayson Allen's coming in and making some shots, and Drew Holiday's been shooting it well, and Portis and Pat Connaughton. So they're they're replacing some of that shooting. The ball's maybe even moving a little bit better without Middleton because Middleton likes to kind of have it on the elbow, back and down, playing by himself. So the ball's maybe flowing a little bit better. And uh, I think that Milwaukee's a force to be reckoned with whether Middleton's there or not. The second game today, you got the Warriors and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are um, in a good spot despite being down 0-1 because I think they learned in game one that they could play with Golden State. Everybody in the world is saying this series is over, done. The Warriors are going to sweep, and they may well be right. They may well end up being right. I've been wrong before, but I think Golden State's got some fight in them. I think they're going to win today. And I think that they're going to take some momentum. And I think that they learned, even though they lost Game One, I think they learned that the the supposed gulf between they and the Warriors is not as wide as some people tend to think that it is. But let's not get it twisted. That's a big game. If Memphis loses that one today, much like we said with uh, the Celtics and the Bucks, if Memphis loses today, they're done. So it's a must win. Looking forward to seeing what John Morant can do. John Morant's must watch television. He's unbelievable. He's so exciting. Should be a Pelican. That's going to be a mistake that's going to haunt the Pelicans franchise, maybe for eternity at this point. It's play-by-play. Let's catch a break. When we get out of this break, we're going to go to stand for our TGMC Tuesday. We'll be right back. You're listening to Play-by-Play on this beautiful Tuesday.
4: You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.
1: Hey, Mike Davis here.
7: When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouses Shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store, and you get free pickup on all orders $35 or more. Download the new Rouses Shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouses Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouses Markets it's views like home
8: at Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center we're improving the health and well-being of the region one person at a time and this means more tea times more play time more time to do good more fast time and more once upon a time isn't it time you started living your best life Change starts here at Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center.
4: Home health services in South LaHouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health. For the sick, the elderly, and the homebound, our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your position today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you.
8: I ain't happy,
5: I'm feeling
8: glad I got sunshine In a bag I'm useless, but not
5: for long, the future on. Happy. I'm feeling glad I got in a bag. I'm useless but
0: not for the Welcome back to play by play here on KLEB. We go to the phone lines for our next call in guest. That'll be Stan Gravois, our TGMC Tuesday. Stan, good afternoon, my friend. How are you?
9: Hey Casey, uh, doing well. Hope everybody's doing well your way.
0: Absolutely, man. We are uh, very blessed, and and we're also going to be very blessed this weekend with four local high school baseball series involving five teams. I've never seen anything like it. We talked in the preseason that this was coming. Then in the beginning of the season, there was a little lull that made us believe maybe it wasn't coming. But lo and behold, the teams didn't let us down. It's going to be maybe the best high school baseball weekend in our area, maybe ever, and certainly in a very long time.
9: Yeah, if you stretch it out from, say, the Berwick area all the way down to Galliano. And, and 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 considering that we're not talking about the River Region as much with this, because usually this is sort of how we're talking about the football season with the River Region, with all of the Hands and the St. James and Lutcher's and such, it's kind of like our turn now, so it's really fun. I just wish... Some of our teams wouldn't be meeting each other, for example, obviously, the South LaFouche-South Terrible matchup and the Central Catholic and the Covenant Christian matchup because uh, I think a lot of those teams uh, that we talk about week in and week out could go a little further if they just wouldn't have to play each other before they either get to Sulphur or to Southeastern or whatever it may be.
0: We had Coach Barbon in the last segment of this, or not in the last segment, but two segments ago, and he actually said exactly that. He says, like, look – We're super excited. We're ready to go. It's going to be a great weekend series. But he openly said, like, hey, we wish that, you know, it wouldn't be against a local team, kind of, because, you know, it's going to stink whenever one of the two teams is not able to go forward. It's a little bit bittersweet, but I think it's also going to be awesome to see the showcase of the local town and the big, big crowds that are expected over the weekend in Galliano.
9: No, and can you imagine for a baseball right now, and I'm talking about when you combine select and non-select together, Right now, with eight teams left in the bracket for classification, you have three teams, Assumption, South Terrebonne, and South Lafourche. And then you go over to Division Two, which houses a lot of Class 4A teams. Of course, it does house some 3A teams also. But you have Vanderbilt. I think if you put these two brackets together, you would still have, of the top eight teams in the state of Louisiana, four from one district. That's just mind-boggling to me how that happens and been spending a lot of time this week talking with friends you know about why it happened and i I don't know that any of us ever will have the answer i know you go through cycles and i know that it's just having a chemistry at a certain time but somewhere along the way as much as some of us may hate you know to deal with travel baseball and such It's become a big thing in our area when you consider the form and all-star baseball and, and LBA and all of these teams. And I think it has something to do with it. And uh, it's just a perfect scenario where we got these teams so strong. And I kind of look down the line when I'm talking to a lot of these coaches and they say, listen, it may, it may cool off just a little bit, but it ain't going away. We're going to have baseball like this for a while in our region and again, I guess I go back sort of to travel baseball. It's something that really is, uh, really injected life in baseball in our area.
0: So the first go around between the, the Tarpons and the Gators during the season, South LaFouche scored a bunch of runs and they hit Arsenal and they hit Jackson Martin, who are maybe going to be the games one and two pitchers for the Gators in those matchups. You were once a baseball coach. If you're Coach Barba, how do you, um, Get your guys to understand, hey, look, it doesn't matter this go-around. You know, hey, the Yankees may hit Pedro Martinez, hard one start, but then the next start he may throw a complete game shutout. And then on the flip side to that, if you're Coach Gitros, how are you telling your guys the opposite thing? It's like, hey, don't think this is going to be easy. Don't think he's going to be throwing beach balls. These guys are really good. Like, I feel like the team that handles the psychology of this series may be the team that ends up winning it.
9: Well, if that's the case, Coach Barber's in pretty good shape because <laughs> I actually talked to him on his way back from Neville, from the Monroe area, and he said these kids just—I can't figure them out. He said we're just like not smart enough to understand that we're not supposed to win, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's, there's nothing that there's nothing that he said he kind of got across to the kids that he thought was a big impetus of winning that series. He said it was them. They just go out. He said the same exact thing happened when they went out to Sulphur last year. And that series right before the Sulphur game, when they went up to the Monroe area, I think it was West Washita whoever it was, they were pretty much like, okay, this is going to be tough. And he said, the kids convinced us as a coaching staff that we could win. So, From a standpoint of him not having the kind of kid that is going to be maybe less confident, that ain't going to happen. Those kids are going to believe they can win. From the standpoint of, you know, when we talk about football and matchups and matchups just not working out for you, that might be the case with South LaFouche. Now, you talked about Coach Guidros and what he has to do. His kids, I think, probably feel pretty good going into the series, and they should. But what happens when maybe they're in the fifth inning and then all of a sudden, you know, in that last time they played Salterabon, things sort of went their way, and this time it's not, and then you get kind of frustrated, you know. You just have a little bit of, I don't know, anxiety set in. So I guess, you know, what's going to happen is is Coach Guidros has got to warn them that you are going to have to face some adversity. Don't think that it's going to be like that other series where things just kind of always went our way. South Terrebonne is going to have to hope that something does go their way, that they can make something happen and maybe frustrate South LaFouche just a little bit. It's a classic matchup. I got to tell you, you know, I'm sure both teams are sitting there thinking they can win. South Terrebonne saying, hey, I know we can play better than what we did last time. And South LaFouche is sitting there going, if we do what we did last time, we're going to be moving on to sulfur. So, uh it, I, that first game, you know, we talk about this all the time, that first game being so important. Obviously, it's what made the difference to South Terrebonne at Neville. I don't think it would have made a big difference if Warren Easton would have some kind of way come up with a win against South LaFouche. I think South LaFouche was good enough to come back with two wins. But I think the first game is the all-important game. And one, because I think South LaFouche is, has much more depth and they're ready for a game three if one happens. Altairman will be okay with a game three, but I, I don't know that they have the depth to get into that game
0: three. Yeah, very well said. That's something to pay attention to. Now we had some coaching news break yesterday. Coach Plitt over at Central LaFouche making the move up the by about 25 minutes or so, going out to Ed White. And I spoke with Matt yesterday, and he was detailing to me all the the difficulties that went into making that decision. You know, he said that he really liked Central Lafouche and He thinks they'll be good in the future, but that the E.D. White job just presented some opportunities that were too hard for him to pass up, and I talked about it earlier in the show. E.D. White, I think, got a really good one, man. A very passionate young coach who I think is going to do good things for their program.
9: agree. I totally agree. If people are looking just at the Central LaFouche record this year, you sort of that's fool's goal. Don't don't and, and listen, if you are looking at the record of Central Lafouche and you say, Oh, I'd love to talk to some of the kids or some of the parents of Central Lafouche players, you'll find out real quick that this guy is a good baseball coach, a good off season baseball coach. And you know, at E. D. White, you're gonna get you a guy like that, right? You're gonna go out and try and find that baseball guy. I'm not sure it's gonna help coach Kyle Lassang with football too much. Because in a lot of programs, you have to have that football help, you know, or at least a sport in the fall where the guy can maybe split time. I, you know, those type schools that do it where you just have that baseball guy are usually your teams that are really, really successful. And uh, I think they got them a really good one. And I understand the future is bright there at ED White. They tell me some of the younger teams were really good. And, uh, he's, you know, his wife, Matt's wife, Abby, is a graduate of E.D. White, even though Matt is from Texas. Uh, she's a graduate of E.D. White and uh, was an all-state volleyball player. So they sort of understand basically what the philosophies of their programs there are. So uh, good hire for E.D. White. No doubt in my mind it's a good hire for E.D. White.
0: So the NFL draft was this past weekend, and look, admittedly, I usually watch this thing cover to cover. I didn't watch very much of it. Thursday, conflicted with the Pelicans game. Friday, I had high school baseball. Saturday, I had high school baseball. So I didn't pay much attention to the actual live broadcast, but then now following it after the fact, kind of got some opinions on how certain teams did. For New Orleans, they get the two guys in the opening round, the receiver from Ohio State, the offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. Then day two, they get Taylor from Tennessee, defensive back. Then they get DeMarco Jackson, an inside linebacker from App State, and then Jordan Jackson, a defensive tackle from Air Force. Don't know if the bottom two guys will make the, the roster, maybe some uh, you know practice squad guys or whatever it may be. But the big news after the draft is New Orleans gets the Honey Badger, Teron Matthew, they bring him home on a three-year, $33 million deal. So it looks like some of the PR around the Saints has been pretty good in recent days. What are your thoughts as the Saints bring the Honey Badger back home? And then maybe a couple of your, your, your thoughts on their draft class as well.
9: Yeah, no doubt that I like the Tyron Matthew thing. As a matter of fact, I would have been the first to tell you that. I thought it was dead in the water a couple of weeks ago and that it wouldn't happen. You just love that a guy who wants to be here is here. You just love that he's a New Orleans guy. And you can tell he has – all you want is people around you who love to be where you're at, doing what you're doing, and that's what Tyron Matthew, I think, brings to the table he obviously has a love for LSU. And, look, he has every right to maybe have a little chip on his shoulder about some things that happened at LSU. Even though they did bend over backwards for him at one point, uh, they also said you can't play anymore at another point. But hes he, he loves the state. He loves New Orleans. He loves – he's a Saint old guy who just loves that school. And I, I think that's great. I'm glad that he's here. I think also he's a playmaker, right? So – uh, I think that's awesome that all of that came to fruition after the draft. The draft itself is, is, is something I don't get too too excited about. I have a lot of friends who love to watch it from beginning to end, and I sort of just don't get it uh, because I, you know, you don't know again till three years later what you got. I mean, I like that the two guys uh, they drafted in the first round. I think they could be a big help to them but we're not going to know for a little while. I, I do like, you know, that, that kid, that the linebacker from App State, if you just go look at statistics-wise, and I realize it's a mid-major, but he might be a guy, you know, when the Saints sort of have that tradition of getting a late around guy who turns out to be really good, <clears throat> I think he may be the guy that we might remember from this draft as much as anybody else, uh, even, oh, you know, Olive. So... I'm not too excited about it, more excited about Tyron Matthew after it was all said and done, more excited that they're going to give the kid from Nichols an opportunity, Dixon, you know. So those things actually, it was post-draft that excited me more than the actual draft itself.
0: Kind of a, a sloppy segue. You know, I was talking to Ron Matthew a minute ago, and one of the first memories I have of Taron Matthew was whenever he was at the state track meet at LSU and – uh, jumping and you know doing all the things that he was doing. So it's a segue. Now we've got a lot of local play, uh, players, a lot of local student athletes who are going to be competing at the LHSA State Track Meet. Vanderbilt's got several runners and you know pole vaulters and different things of the sort. Kiana Gabriel at Central Lafouche is expected to do big things. We're going to see a lot of locals bring home medals. Hopefully they're going to be gold medals, but they're certainly going to be on the medal board this weekend over at LSU. Yeah, it's the first
9: time I really didn't take the time to go look at all of the times to see how some of our kids compare or the heights or the throws or whatever. So I don't know exactly what the deal is going to be. I know that Vanderbilt's got enough girls competing that maybe they can make a little bit of a run at it. And the young lady you just mentioned from, uh, from Central LaFouche, Gabrielle, is just like, that sort of lights out, right? I'm so glad that she has the opportunity to compete at the next level doing this. And uh, sometimes, you know, track and field athletes sort of go under the radar, and then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, we're hearing from a certain college that they're doing extremely well, and that happens a lot. We have a lot of SEC performers that come from our Bayou region that have done track and field, and it just probably doesn't get quite as much attention. Uh, Again, from a team standpoint, maybe Vanderbilt's girls, but from individual standpoints, you're right. There are a lot of kids that we could see doing really well. Uh, Certainly, just being a relative of mine on the AAA level, uh, Chris Grabois, who runs at 100 and is one of the fastest kids in the state, I hope that he does well, obviously. But we do hope that all of the kids in the area do well. And Lit Berwick always has a good track and field team uh, on the AAA level. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of team titles or as close as we can get in team titles uh, we're going to see after this weekend.
0: LSU takes two out of three from Georgia over the weekend. They're now 12-9 and in SEC play. They're back in the top 25. Nichols coming into the box today, and I can't help but wonder. You look at the Southland standings, Nichols in a three-way tie for first. I can't help but wonder if there's a possibility that this is a one-versus-four regional matchup at some point a little later in the summer. Stan, you got two good clubs playing at the box, two clubs that maybe sing one another later in postseason if things go the way that they both planned.
9: Yeah, and listen, you know, Nichols pretty much in one game didn't go that way, but the other two games they had their way with UNO, and UNO was a tough-luck loser. Uh, Excuse me, not a tough-luck loser. LSU was a tough-luck loser to UNO midweek last week, so that's sort of interesting. I don't think that it, any way, shape, or form, you know, index, ranking, anything is going to help Nichols in this game. But it sure could hurt LSU, you know. So LSU, I think, is going to be geared up for this game. On the other hand, and I know this is kind of strange to say because most state schools are going to really gear up to play LSU, I think Nichols is more worried about this weekend series than they are going to be during this weekday series simply because it's going to take a win in the Southland Conference tournament to get to the tournament, the big tournament, the NCAA tournament for Nichols. So their eyes are more on winning the uh, Southland Conference probably than winning the day. That's not to say that they don't go out win today, because quite honestly, when you have nothing to lose, sometimes things really work out. I can remember Nichols one year going out to Baton Rouge, playing LSU and throwing a different pitcher every inning, no matter what he did, they just <laughs> threw a different guy every inning. And they won the game. It was a close game, but they ended up winning it. So that's what you kind of see in midweek, and I think that's what you'll see from Nichols a little bit, even though it's later in the year. That's probably what you'll see from Nichols more than what you're going to see from LSU. Uh, Both teams are good baseball teams. It ought to be a fun day. And, by the way, that game with LSU in Georgia on Sunday, that was fun to watch, the way they came back. And maybe, I really believe this, there's some point in a season where you sort of find yourself, and maybe maybe that home run, that walk-off home run, uh, to win that game against Georgia and to win the series against Georgia might be the catalyst for LSU kind of moving on to a next level.
0: I sure hope so. Look, man, before we let you go, I'm going to put you on the spot. How many local teams are going to advance forward to the semis, man? And we know it's going to be at least be one, right?
9: Yes. Yeah. Uh, Liz, uh, you know I went and I diagnosed with Lake Lake uh, Lakeshore because they're going to be taking on Assumption and they got a couple of good wins in there. Of course, they got blasted by Vanderbilt. That was sort of interesting, but of course that's also one game in the middle of the year, so you don't know exactly who was on the bump or anything like that. Uh, I- I'm going to go with Assumption's going to move on. Obviously, somebody's going to move on from South Lafu, South Terrebonne. I- I'm going to go with CCA is going to move on. Uh. Who am I missing in here? Vanderbilt. Uh, Van- oh, Vanderbilt's going to move on. Now, listen, St. Michael, don't they're eleven seed, and I want to look at that schedule, and they like ten run ruled. I think it was yeah. Jesuit early on or something. So I, I, I don't, I don't pass on them. But I think uh, here at home, Vanderbilt's going to get that done. So Vanderbilt moves on. So Vanderbilt moves on. Assumption moves on. Obviously, somebody from South Cerbone, South Papusha, is going to move on. CCA moves on. Heck. Everybody's moving on. <laughs> Too bad Sulphur Fouche has to play South Aero
0: It's like Oprah, man. You're going to go to Sulphur. You're going go yeah. to go <laughs> to So we've yeah. got a lot of local teams that are in great spots. Man, thanks so much for the time, buddy.
9: Thank you. Everybody have a great week and good luck to all of the local baseball teams.
0: Yep. That is Stan Gravatt doing a wonderful job. We look forward to every Tuesday chatting with him, we look forward to every Saturday chatting with him. And our sports corner this weekend may well be from the ballpark out in Galileo you know, That's how we're, how we're planning, at least. So let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll kind of look a little bit at the NFL draft, look a little bit at some of the headlines, and then we'll uh, get at the bottom of the show to your betting picks. I know you guys are wanting to see who we're going to take uh, for the day. So it's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this.
4: The music on the bayou, the all-new Ragin' Cajun 102.7 FM.
2: It's the Memorial Day sales event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams, long-lasting new pickups, or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram Trucker Van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow.
3: Hello friends, family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DofriendLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bellchase, Araby, Slidell, Golfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. 3T Oil Change is an efficient, quick-loop service that
1: offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines. Brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons!
2: Guaranteed.
0: We thank Stan Gravoff for his time in the last segment of the show. We thank Mike Barba for his time. A couple of segments ago, it's play by play. And now, while we're in a thanking mood, let's thank our sponsors for allowing us to be here today. Ashley Barrios, State Farm Agent in Cutoff. The Blue Boot Rodeo. Southland Dodge and Homa, Industrial power systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. Friend Building Materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Rouse's Markets. Get Rouse's Louisiana Crawfish hot from the pot 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. seven days a week at Rouse's Markets Taste Like Home. Buzz-off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Golden Motors, where price is priority. Proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. And 3T Oil Change, home of the drive-through oil change. We thank all of those amazing folks for allowing us to be here each day on Play-by-Play. Play. We've got a rundown of the NFL draft here, kind of looking and, and piggybacking off of Mel Kuiper. Mel Kuyper says that uh, the Baltimore Ravens earned a letter grade of A this past weekend. Uh, You could go see Mel Kuyper's NFL draft grades over at ESPN.com. He gives the Ravens the highest grade of an A, said that he loved their pick of Kyle Hamilton at number 14 overall, was the top-rated safety, and Kuyper's number four overall prospect in the draft. Also liked uh, Daniel Ojibo. Uh, Outside linebacker Tyler Lindenbaum said the Ravens did an excellent job filling all of their needs. Oh, goodness, they made a lot of picks. (laughs) Like New Orleans, they had a lot of people that they took. Kuyper also gave the New York Jets an A, which is, I guess, a little bit different. We don't usually hear of the Jets um, getting a good letter grade in the draft, but they picked Ahmad Gardner, number four overall from Cincinnati. Garrett Wilson, a wide receiver from Ohio State, and Jermaine Johnson, the second defensive end from Florida, all in the first round. They had uh, three first-round picks, so they go cornerback, receiver, defensive end, and stockpile some depth there. So that's good for the Jets. Uh, Some other notable teams that received some grades. Let's see what he gave. To the New Orleans Saints, they get a letter grade of B-. minus. Let's see what Mel Kuyper says here of New Orleans. Uh, he says that New Orleans made – yeah, they, okay, now I, I got the gist of what he's saying. Is that New Orleans, while they got impact players in the receiver that they added in the offensive tackle pinning, that they gave up a lot to get those players. And I could respect that. I could understand. That's a fair criticism, I think, of New Orleans' draft. Is, you know, you trade next year's first to get give the second first-round pick. Then you trade some extra capital in this year's draft to move up a couple of spots. So I I could understand that. I think that that's a fair criticism. And then he also said that after day two with Taylor, he wasn't altogether enthused by some of the other picks that New Orleans made, be it the two Jacksons, DeMarco and Jordan. So he gives New Orleans a B- and then he also in the same story kind of raves about the way that New Orleans handles their salary cap. And how they take care of some of the things that they do uh, on a day-to-day basis. So Kuyper gives New Orleans uh, that letter grade of a B minus. Let's see some of the other teams in the division while we're at it. Let's see, the Atlanta Falcons earned a B plus. So the Falcons earned a B plus in their draft. They took Drake London, wide receiver from USC, number eight overall. And then they add a depth at defensive end, inside linebacker. They got Desmond Ritter, quarterback from Cincinnati, 74th overall. They added an outside linebacker, a running back, a guard, and a tight end. If Desmond Ritter pans out, and that's a big if now, but if Desmond Ritter pans out, you know, that's gonna be a pretty big move there for for, for Atlanta, having an opportunity to, you know, to really um you know figure out some ways that they could, uh, they could improve themselves here in the NFL and in the, in the NFC South. Let's go to Tampa. Sorry, y'all. I'm a little bit frazzled trying to add a commercial break onto our board while talking about this. The Bucs get a letter grade of a B. Um, they added depth on the offensive line. They picked up a defensive end, Logan Hall, in the second round. The Bucs didn't have a first-round pick. Um, they got also an offensive tackle from Central Michigan, a running back from Arizona State. A tight end from Washington, Kate Otten, punter Jake Camarda from Georgia, Zeron McCollum, a cornerback from Sam Houston, and Cole Keith, the tight end from Minnesota, as well as Andre Anthony, outside linebacker from LSU. So Tampa Bay gets a letter grade of a, as we said a minute ago, a B. And then last but certainly not least, the Carolina Panthers, who Mel Kuyper also gives a B. Mel Kuyper said that the Panthers' biggest need was at the quarterback position, and Carolina Filled that need at the quarterback position, getting Matt Corral, 94th overall, as well as taking Akeem Ekawanu offensive tackle from NC State, number six overall. I like what Carolina did in the draft. I, I have openly said, um, I think that um, Matt Corral is one of, if not the best quarterback in this entire draft. And the injury is what kind of limited uh, limited him. I think that Corral is going to be in a good spot. I think that Corral is going to be um, more than capable of playing at this level. He's just got to get the knee right. And when he does get the knee right, I think he's going to be in position to, to really uh, make an impact at the NFL. He was doing such a wonderful job at Ole Miss. He really commands that offense well. And I think that Corral's going to be a big-time player at the next level once he could get his health right. Look at the headlines, then we'll get to a commercial break here on Play by Play. Uh, Brittany Griner has now been considered wrongfully detained in Russia. Griner has been held um, for marijuana possession for 75 days in Russia. My thoughts on this have not changed. And, and people have been critical and they've criticized me and they said I'm wrong and they said that, you know, I, my, my stance is, is, is not right about this. Um, I, I, I truly believe that that Griner is, is in a situation that she put herself in. She put herself in this situation. If you are in another country and you are doing things that they don't want you to do, then you are then at their mercy whenever things go wrong. You know, that's the thing that no one wants to talk about here is that Brittany Griner knew when she went to Russia, they're not very tolerant of this type of stuff, did it anyway, and now wants to bellyache and cry about it, because she's in trouble. Yeah, I feel for you. You're in trouble. But you're the one who did that to yourself by bringing marijuana into Russia. If you weren't a WNBA player, You would already have been sentenced to Russia, you know, prison. You are using your status here, and it's going to end up getting you off. But she should have known better, and she should have handled that situation differently, and she didn't, and now she's in a bad spot because of it, and and I feel for that. I I truly am sympathetic because of that, but no one has mentioned the fact that Russia's not doing this to Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner did this to Brittany Griner. The Charlotte Hornets are interviewing Mike D'Antoni as they're, uh, you know, beginning the process of trying to find their new head basketball coach. Mike D'Antoni has been a coach for several different teams. Um, He's had success. I guess my only concern with D'Antoni is, like, what's the longevity like there? Um, What's the longevity like? What is he, 70? Let's see, Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni has got to be 70 years old, right? Yeah, 70 on the dot. Okay. So what's the longevity there? How much longer would he want to do it? Even at the end in Houston, you could see the energy was wearing out. He's a great coach. He would be great for Charlotte if they could bring him in. But I just don't know about the longevity there and how much longer he's going to be willing to do this. LSU is going to be playing nickels in baseball today. Uh, Stan and I talked briefly about that. I truly believe, I, I genuinely believe this in my heart of hearts, you guys. I think this is going to be an opportunity for both teams to show, hey, this might be a regional matchup someday. I think LSU is going to host in Baton Rouge. I think Nichols has a great shot of winning the Southland. And when you put them all together, I think that this these two teams may be seeing one another again. LSU was so frustrating early in the year because they were losing games while not playing poorly. They were just kind of throwing the ball around, kicking the ball around. They're 12-9 and nine in the SEC. That's not easy to do. That's not easy to do. They're in a good position in the SEC right now. They've got, I think, the third most wins of anyone in the SEC. Let's look at the SEC standings. They're 12-9, and nine, which is in a tie for second in the West. Everybody's chasing Arkansas, who's 14-7. and seven. You've got Alabama coming up. They're 9-12. and 12. That's a big series on the road in Tuscaloosa. That's a series that if you are truly that regional host type of team, you win that series. Okay? You win that series, you take care of business. Then the weekend after that, you're hosting Ole Miss who's currently in last place 7 and 14. Again, if you're that regional host type of team, we have no issues and you get the wins there. Then you close out with a flurry against Vanderbilt, but Vanderbilt's below 500 in the SEC as well. They're 10 and 11. So there's a lot of parity in the SEC. The conference as a whole is maybe even a little bit down. Tennessee's just kind of skewing it for everybody because they're 40-4 and and they're a wrecking ball that if they play their best is going to win the national championship. LSU should have gotten Tony Vitale. That's another story and another show for another day. I called it then. I contend it now. He's going to be the Steve Spurrier of his time. He's going to be the guy that LSU ended up not hiring, and then they're going to have to face him for the next decade or so. Vitalo's got them 40 and 4, 19 and 2 in the SEC. Ridiculous record. But LSU's 12 and 9, 29 and 14. And I think that they're playing their best ball and they're going to be in position to host. And it should be fun to see what the Colonels bring with them. That's always a competitive matchup. Nichols always gives LSU their best. And we look forward to seeing how it shakes out. It's play by play. Let's catch a break. Our final break. We've got three betting picks for you when the show resumes. You're listening to KLEB. We'll be right back after this.
8: Is knee pain keeping you from living your best life? Get back into the swing of things with a robotic-assisted knee replacement from Thibodeau Regional Health System. Robotic-assisted knee replacement means greater precision and a joint replacement that's customized to your anatomy. And this could mean less pain and a quicker recovery. Most importantly, it can mean improving your quality of life. Learn more at Thibodeau.com.
4: Terrio, Douay, and Terrio, more than just an insurance company, they're marine insurance specialists. Whether it's fishing boats, cabin cruisers, sailboats, or marine industry, you can trust Terrio, Douay, Ontario to get you the coverage you need at a price you deserve for your home, your auto, life, fire, and health. They've been taking care of people since 1957. Call Terrio, Douay, Ontario at 475-5126. Just ask for Lynn Pierce or David O. Along Bayou LaFouche in Golden Meadow. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow. One
0: more segment to go here on play-by-play. Play, we thank everybody for listening. It's been a good show. You'll be able to find it on our uh, podcast library and on our website, kayleeb1600.com. Later today, I'll do a better job about keeping up with that. Sometimes I get a day or two behind and end up you know, backloading, and I'll do a better job of keeping up with that. So that show will be back on the, uh, the internet today, I promise you. Um, three betting picks coming your way today. Let's start with this one. I like under eight runs for the Padres and the Cleveland Guardians. I'm glad I said that right with that ridiculous name that the Cleveland team now has. like under eight in that one um, for a couple of reasons. A, uh, runs are down across the board in Major League Baseball. They have done something to the ball. They're never going to admit this, but they have done something to the ball, and they have altered the way that the game is played which has led to a lot of unders in Major League Baseball to start the season. Um, But I think Clevenger for San Diego, who's making his season debut, is going to be good. Zach Plezak for the Indians has been good. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of hard, loud contact in the game. And I like under eight between the Padres and the Guardians out in Cleveland. Game two on our list of games. I like the St. Louis Cardinals with a minus one sixteen money line today against the Royals. Look, oh, there's there's no reason. And look, the Royals may win the game by five runs. I don't know. It's baseball; things happen. But there is no reason that this should virtually be an even money game between St. Louis and Kansas City. The Cardinals are thirteen and nine on the season. They've got Dakota Hudson on the mound, who's two and one, two seven five ERA. He's been great. I get it. Brad Keller for the Royals has been outstanding. 24 and two-thirds innings, 2.19 ERA. But his record is the reason why this shouldn't be an even money game. The Royals are throwing a guy with a 2.19 ERA who's 0-2. They don't score. Their offense is a train wreck. The Cardinals are a better team than they are. And even though the game is going to be in Kansas City, that's not a long trip. Those teams are rivals. I like the Cardinals in an even money matchup. Minus 115. Money line to take care of business and get the win. You guys are gonna want an NBA pick from me. Uh, what am I gonna give you? Let's see. I've got several of them. I'm gonna to try to give you my absolute best one. How about how about this one? You know, right out of the shoot. I'll give you the Bucks covering five and a half today against Boston. Um, they won Game One easily. I think they're just better than Boston, and despite what's going to be a desperate effort from the Celtics, there's not think it's going to matter. I think the Bucs are a better, more battle-tested, more title-ready team than the Celtics are. And I think that while Boston may win the game, it's going to be a gutsy, hard-fought win, and I think the Bucs will be there in the last possession. I'm not giving you a winner. I could see it going either way, but I think the Bucs will be there in the last possession, which obviously means they'll cover the five and a half. And then when these games go back to Milwaukee, if it's, okay, home, field, home court advantage usually means four or five points. If the Celtics are favored in game three by a point, huh, I'm taking Milwaukee pretty heavy because I think that the Bucks, when they get back home, are going to really grab control here. But give me Milwaukee and the five and a half points to cover against Boston with an NBA pick. I think that Milwaukee's the better team. And despite losing and despite Boston likely going to be the more desperate team, I think that the the bucks are going to cover. So those are our three picks today. We hope that you guys have the best luck and continue to win. We have been doing – I would love, love to go back. We've got every show archived. Everyone that we've ever done is in the – arc, well, with the exception of one or two at the beginning that we were having some recording issues or whatever. Pretty much every show we've done has, has been archived. I would love to go back and total up our record. I guarantee you, guarantee you it's above 500. Guarantee you, if you do unit betting, that we are up many, many units. And I guarantee you, if you have listened to our picks and have gone and wager on them, all three of them each day, you have more money now than what you started with. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help our listeners out. So we're going to wrap up right here. Tomorrow is Wednesday. That means we've got our mailbag. I got a ton of questions from you guys already. Ton of questions. If you got more, at Casey underscore, JustClare on Twitter, JisclairKc at gmail.com. Shoot me a text. Shoot me a Facebook message. Find a way to get your question to me. We're also going to try to get with some Tarpon Baseball assistant coaches. I tried to line up Coach Buck today, but he had some work obligations. We're going to try to get some Tarpon Baseball assistant coaches, and we're going to just continue to break down all the action and all the things that are going on in our area. We're wrapping up. The sun is shining bright. Enjoy it. Enjoy this great day. Enjoy this great weather. Enjoy all the beautiful people in your life. Tell loved one that you love them. Have a great rest of the day. May God bless you and your families. You have been listening to Play by Play. We'll be back same time tomorrow on KLEB.